Hooty hoo, everyone. This is one of the most important holidays for us and one of the worst and most painful. So we are here with you. Um, I brought Aaron in for this one because we're the vets of the team. Um, I don't think that any of our team, like that we're going to say anything that any of our team members don't agree with. Uh, I think we're all on the on issues of war and foreign policy. We're all pretty well in agreement. It's it's not like we're gonna we're gonna fight like we do on immigration and abortion. <laughs> yeah, those are fun fights, though. They're important important conversations. Yeah. Um. So, uh, first off, a toast, I suppose, um, to the ones who didn't come home. Yeah. So I want to open up with this, and we—I think we actually talked about this a couple, a couple podcasts ago, because I—I I, I want to make this point about um, the military and the members of the military. And my first point is always: look, the military attracts two kinds of people: the best and the worst. Agreed. Um, just, and I think the cops are the same way. You have people with really lofty aspirations who want to do the right thing, and they are the best members of our society. And you have bullies and thugs who want to go kill brown people. Yeah, that's, that's who is thing. blowing up my damn phone? It's probably Elfie. Yeah, it's Elfie. I think my phone will probably die in a minute, but... <laughs> so, you know, that that's the first caveat. We don't want to make a, too many blanket statements about the military, because the military is different. Like different units have different cultures, different um, parts of like, not even different branches because like I was air defense and you were. Uh, I was ordinance. Yeah. We have vastly different experiences. We might as well not both say that we're army for how different our experiences were. First off, you're way more badass than me. I sat in a desert and played missile command. I think really past basic training, everybody's experience is vastly different. Yeah. I, I mean, there are differences from squad to squad within the same company. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was typically... So in so for Patriot missiles, there's uh, two major MOSs. There's 14 Echo and 14 Tango. Tango are the launcher dogs. They do all the, the launcher shit, and Echoes do everything else. Um, so tangos basically have their own, uh, platoon within the company. And then, uh, fire control is like the, all the other equipment. And then there's headquarters, which somehow ends up being the biggest platoon and typically the most worthless, um, depending, depending on, um, so in in the when we're deployed, that's not true because uh, headquarters also includes the mechanics, and suddenly it's not the most worthless. When you're deployed, man, everything changes. Yeah, but um, in when you're in con- like you're back home, uh, the, the mechanics go off and form their own uh, battery. Which you say company, I say battery. That's just because I'm artillery. And you're not is that same thing, but different yeah. units. Um, yeah. I think something else you say you weren't as badass as me. 
but for people watching who weren't military, that that number in front of your MOS, 14, 18, 63, 104, whatever it might be, that number represents your average life expectancy in a combat situation. So you are a 14 echo. And 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 now since I have been in, the, the letter designators have changed. They change about every five years. So mm -hmm. if you were a, a Juliet in 1984, you might be a whiskey now. Things switch around a lot, a lot. But I was a 63 Hotel 20. So the 20 designator is the difference between DS and GS, direct support, ground support. So 63 seconds to your 14 seconds. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. Um, I mean, infantry guys are 18s. 11. 18 is uh, special no, forces. Yeah, they are 11. 18 is... is Special forces. Rangers. <laughs> and the only reason that their life expectancy is, is higher than uh, uh, the 11s is because they've been trained a little bit longer, so they dodged the first two bullets. They have better guns, too. <laughs> True. <laughs> better opportunity to defend themselves. Yeah. So the thing is with, with, uh, with Patriot... Um, our life expectancy is in uh, years because uh, we don't see engagements. Um, the only so I I lost two battle buddies that I'm aware of. One did die in quasi combat. He was a prison guard. It's something that they will take Patriot units and put them as like basically prison guards in. Iraq or Afghanistan or whatever, when they're running short on other units to use, they'll take volunteers from Patriot. Um, lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, so he passed that way, and I don't know all the details. I'm not going to give his name. I barely knew him. He was an NCO when I was in school. Uh, some of my my actual like close battle buddies uh, were friends with them like growing up and stuff which because like they were they were second generation uh air defense so for them it was a very tough loss for me it was more of a like it hurts that that is a battle buddy um the other person uh say they they passed after the deployment yeah wow. for the same reason that most of our casualties come from now. Mm -hmm. One of my closest friends from when I was enlisted, um, 20 years post enlistment, ate a bullet. 20 years later. Those demons don't go away. away. Doesn't go away. So you'll, like we, we rag on this all the time. Uh, foreign policy is one of our big issues. And it's, which is frustrating because it's the issue we can do the least about because, right. you know, all the other issues we can side with the Republicans or the Democrats or someone to stand against the, the paradigm and try to get it changed. When it comes to foreign policy, they are both on the same fucking team and it's and kill as many foreigners as possible. They take turns driving that truck, man. They tag team that shit. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what they say, regardless of what their platforms say, regardless of the lip service that we get from, from politicians representing all parties, 
it's the same team. And it's not our team. Yeah. And damn, this sucks. I hate to, I hate Memorial Day. I hate Veterans Day. I hate yeah. Armed Forces Day. I hate it. I hate it all. Mm -hmm. I mean, even like, look, I drown for the Fourth of July. I drowned myself in fireworks, and I think honestly, because it makes it easier to forget. I can't even do that. Day. I can't do fireworks. For the Fourth of July, I take a sedative and lock myself in a dark room and try to pretend that it's just another day because I I can't do fireworks. It, oh God! And it pisses me off to no end. Let's talk about the Fourth of July for a minute. Let's let's segue. Mm -hmm. I get uh, there. There are tons of of freedom loving Americans who enjoy celebrating the Fourth of July. I get that. Those fireworks are big and bold and beautiful. That is true. It is all true. But some of us, some of us have PTSD from our service time. And when you want to start blowing that shit up nine days before the fourth, 24 fucking seven, you're a dick. You're just a dick. Stop. Stop doing that. Check with your neighbors before you start lighting stuff off at 10 o'clock with no warning, five days before the fourth. Make sure that you are not traumatizing the same people who later you all purport to 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 like have honor for because they fought for you. Stop being a dick. I prefer at this point going to like a park or something. Because then like, you know, if you're... How do I say this? Look, if you're a veteran and you live near a park, you got to know what that park is going to be used for on the 4th of July. Go somewhere else. Make really, it happen. Most guys are cool with it on the 4th. We, we know it's coming. Everybody takes whatever necessary steps they need to take to prepare for it. But five days before the 4th, seven days after the 4th, stop being assholes. So I'll admit, as a kid, I was that person. But also, like... Had there been a veteran like that on our block, I, I wouldn't have been. The The closest person on our block to that was my dad, and he it it wasn't like that for him, yeah, which it, it kind of should have been. Like, it, not that it should have been, but like you would think because he he was in Nam, and yeah, he was air wing, but there were no battle lines in that no. war. <laughs> Yeah, like, there weren't battle lines in, in Iraq either, but... Um, Look, kids to some extent get to be assholes. They're kids. Yeah. I, and I know people that are going, no, nah, kids should think about that too. No, kids should never, never have to mm -hmm. think about mm -hmm. war. Kids should never have to think about the fallout of war. Never. Yeah. Never. And, and unfortunately, for the children of veterans, many of them do. Many of them have to think about that every day. So, like, like today for us, um, I, well, like we didn't get into a fight. Elfie and I had like a misunderstanding, and and I'm, I'm not sugarcoating that. That's all it was. It was a misunderstanding in Baker's, and I'm starting to get stressed out, and uh, like I ran out to the jeep because uh, the panic attack was coming on and i just i still get panic attacks has <laughs> nothing really to do with an event it's just the the stress 
of being in the military kind of got to me and I've, yeah. I've never completely recovered. Um, so I ran out into the Jeep. I was texting her like, this is what happens. This is how I feel. And she's like, well, this is what happens from my perspective. This is how I feel. And we're like, okay. So there was a miscommunication. We're good. I was able to go back in the store, which was a huge step for me. That's awesome, dude. Um, like, but my fear was like, I don't want the girls to have to deal with me not being able to go to the store with them sometimes because I can't deal with crowds. Dude, you just have to own it to them. You have to say, listen, I love you. And sometimes dad struggles with this thing. And it has nothing to do with you guys. And it's not because I don't, don't want to do stuff with you. I do. Be honest with them. Because the things you don't tell them, when you don't tell your kids these things, when we're not honest with our kids and giving them these answers, I promise you they're going to find an answer on their own. They're going to imagine things. They're going to come up with things. And they're going to internalize things. So just talk to them. Which yeah, is, everyone, everyone can call me a bitch. I am drinking that screwdriver that I famously say one will get me drunk. Oh my god! And one really will get him drunk. So, last night, like I was, I've been feeling pretty shitty all weekend. And yesterday, uh, I only had one screwdriver left, so I just drank a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh, I like Mike's. It's tasty, though. Yeah. Well, I drink like a woman. Everyone, everyone tells me that. I don't care. I don't like drinking beer. It tastes like piss. No, it doesn't taste like piss. Look, <laughs> here we go. Piss can be fun if you're into that. Beer is never fun. It tastes nasty. Look, there are some really good beers. You're just buying shitty beer. Actually, and Eric Beasley's watching. I see his little icon. There is a brewery right near Eric's house that has some amazing beer. I can take Guinness on tap, and that's about the extent of me drinking beer. So see, it's not it's not that you don't like beer, it's that you don't like shit beer. So and Chad brings up a good point about you know, like his wife doesn't like crowds. Elfie's not a big fan of crowds either. Um it it was a bad situation that we got through, so that was good. Um this is why we fight this the foreign policy thing, because look, this sucks. Um, and, and I'm going to try to get back to this point that I was trying to get to earlier. And then we derailed instantly. Um, because libertarians, especially anarchists will go on about, um, you know, how did my freedoms get over there? Troops don't haven't, if troops really cared about our freedom, they'd attack the government, blah, blah, blah. There's truth to that. Okay. Uh, I think that. Like, we've discussed that maybe a lot of the Libertarian Party is rather on the spectrum, we'll say. I and see, I hate when people just say that. Man, a lot of the Libertarian Party, many members of the Libertarian Party come across as maybe leaning on a little more intellectual. Because I, I would go as so far as to say they don't understand human emotion very well. Well, they do. But think of it less like. I think they conceptually I like understand human emotion. They don't like feel say. human emotion. People like to throw autism into this mix in the conversation all the time. Stop doing that. Number one, it diminishes people who actually have autism and not all of those individuals are libertarians. So stop doing that. Replace that word with Vulcan. 
because really that's the truth. We fully understand emotion. We fully understand that people have it. But when we are talking about policy and principle, we do oftentimes try to separate them and to quash our emotion and focus only on the logic. So please, please, please stop throwing the word autism around. Use Vulcan instead. It's a really great so subject. In this, in this context, though, we're not talking about policy. We're talking about people. Because I, I I don't know a libertarian like okay there's there's some people who will call themselves libertarians and we're not talking about those people we're talking about people who are libertarian all think that our foreign policy is garbage like there's that is one of the most unifying principles in our party it, it's not the immigration debate um, however. Then they immediately jump to villainizing victims. And look, there are bad actors in the army or sure. in the military. Most, even even the bad actors, most are victims. Yeah. And and you always get that anarch, and it's always an anarchist in the comment section, in these discussions, it's like, well. I managed to see through the the propaganda and bullshit. Congratulations right. awesome. that you managed to not get sucked in when 99% of everyone else did. Yeah, props for you for being way ahead of your time. Go you. Yeah, that's totally not useful. That doesn't help anyone else, dude. So go pat yourself on the back somewhere else. The rest of us are trying to move the needle a little bit and this is one of those topics we really need to move the needle on and it's not a way like you're not going to move that needle being an asshole right this is one of those issues you cannot shock people into agreeing with you you're going to shock a veteran into agreeing with you right you're, you're going to armchair quarterback that shit dude we made it through the gas chamber at basic training and you have no idea the shit that that soldiers do in basic training just to attempt to entertain themselves. So I promise you, nothing you throw at us is going to shock our asses. Uh, I see hot on the balls. <laughs> I see hot on the balls. Uh, pulling your your bunk buddy out of the dumpster near the chow hall where she's hooking up with some dude she met at chapel. Gotta get some. It's been a while. Stealing somebody's undergarments and swapping them with somebody who has a 10 size difference with them. That happens. <laughs> so the point is most, I would say, I would say the majority of uh, the military are there because they do believe in the freedom concept. And a lot of them believe, maybe believe in the mission that that we went to Iraq to try to help people. Maybe they went there to do that. And you know what? Some of them fucking succeeded because we did do good things in Iraq. Was the mission an absolute clusterfuck that was completely about greed? Yes. Good things still happen on the ground. That doesn't excuse the bad. Nope. But there were good people doing good things in a shitty situation. And some people's lives were made better. Some people's lives were made worse. And yes, we need to hold our government accountable for that. And hold the, the soldiers accountable who were part of that. Who who were, 
you know, well, and and Abu Ghraib and all that stuff. Yeah, the nasty action people, absolutely. Look, I I served with a lot of people who enlisted because they saw no other chance for a future. Mm-hmm. Look, I won't lie. That's half a lot. I went in because that was half, and then the other half was um, someone in my family had fought in every war in every generation since the French and Indian War. So there's an expectation, right? So look, um, yes, our foreign policy is shit. You hear us talk about that all the time. Part of the the driver, though, that drives young men and women to enlist is also the fact that our domestic policy is shit. Mm Mm-hmm. And and here's the other side of that. And recruiters are really good liars. Oh, they're very good. Very good. Um, here's the other side of this. Our military does defend what freedoms we have in a roundabout way. Because if we did not have a strong military, it is entirely possible that because we are a resource-rich nation, we would fall under attack by another nation that is less free than we are. And look, we all want more freedom, but let's not pretend that the Soviet Union wasn't dangerous and wouldn't have if they could have. The Soviet Union was unlikely at any time to invade on our soil, mass invasion on our soil, with or without a, a strong standing military. Dude, have you ever been to Texas? Right, I, I get that, but they don't need everything. They can sweep through Canada and take the top half of America. Really? You've been to Detroit? You coming in through Michigan? Try that shit. Um, Try that shit. Depending on how much of it you want to keep, I don't don't think that – I disagree that taking out a place like Michigan is all that difficult, and here's why. And this is this is pure tactics discussion. Well, I'm not advocating taking out Michigan. I mean, Michigan is where I target if I was trying to take it over because of all the fresh water is there, and all you have to do is taint the fresh right. water, and you don't even have to enter the country. Right. But our military isn't going to stop that. You got to count on the Canadians for that. Yeah. Here's the thing about taking a place like Detroit: you don't need any of those people to be alive. You shell the fuck out of it, and then roll in when they're all dead. You can defend against something like that without a strong standing military, though. All you need are really good satellites and solely an air force. Right, right. We have that now, but at the end of World War II, those those options weren't necessarily available. Like right, that. but we're not talking about the end of World War II. We're talking about now. Right. And your argument was that the military now defends our freedoms, and that's bullshit. I love you. Well, I mean, all those satellites and things are part of the military, you know. They don't have to be. They're part of the military because the government holds a monopoly on them. Right. Because I mean, no look, you're not going to get an argument from me about we should privatize all of that, but you're still then going to have soldiers. They're just going to be private. And that's. No, you're not going to have soldiers. You're going to have people who are truly interested in defense of the country right. and not interested in grabbing oil and poppy fields. But they're still going to be like the term for that for a person who fights. For money is soldier because no, mercenary is a slang. Mercenary is a slang term. Come on now, <laughs> but you know, a soldier is a soldier is the universal term for someone who fights professionally. Um, there's a Be- difference though between a militiaman and a government soldier. There's right. Well, I think you can. Uh, <laughs> we're we're into semantics, and this this alcohol is starting to kick in. <laughs> Look, let's remember, I do have autism, and semantics matter to this. Bit, okay, like, I will own that. I'm working on it, but words have meanings. God damn it! Uh, but yes, but those meanings change throughout history. 
Like, uh, the, yeah. like, like so socialism yeah. has a meaning, but it also has a meaning. And those two aren't the same thing. So, so right now what you're discussing is the difference between meaning and meaning, right? So, so the actual meaning and the meme culture description. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. Cause like I, I wandered into a discussion the other day about socialism and someone was talking about, um, the discussion started based on all the attorney generals sent a letter to Betsy DeVos saying, forgive disabled veterans student loans, which I'm okay with, by the way. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Okay, we're going we're gonna to circle back around, but I have to take on the student loan thing. That is a scam that was perpetrated on us by government and banks working together. And if we can weasel out of that, if anyone can weasel out of that, more power to you. Well, because they should have never point. made those loans to begin with. I don't disagree, and it's a starting point. I just take issue with granting special privilege to any one group of persons for something as trivial as, as veteran status or even bigger things you can't control, like where you were born or the sex you were born with or whatever, things that I had no choice in. So, uh, and I, I want to... Um... I want to grab this one. Brandon Molyneux. Uh, if the military was fighting for our freedom, we would be free. Yes. Let me rephrase. Our military, to a certain extent, defends the freedoms that we currently have. Not very well, because we're still losing them. But there's also, like... <sighs> I think you're wrong. I think there, hypothetically... There could at some point in the future become a time where our military could be used to defend the freedoms that we currently have. But in my lifetime, they have never done such. Right. I, in order to be a nation in a world of nations and maintain any kind of freedom and independence, you have to have a standing military in the way the world works now. Well, our, forefather, our, our funding fathers disagreed with you. And then they found out very quickly that they were wrong. I, I, I disagree because at no time did they amend the Constitution nor the Bill of Rights to, to state such. But necessity forced our hand, I would say. I disagree. Because by, by 1812, we had to have a standing army. No, we didn't. The only, the only caveat that the founding fathers gave us was a navy not an army. And in today's society, we still don't need a standing army. All we need is a really strong air force because air, air strikes will handle the defense that we we're, need. We're, we're doing that thing again, so I'm going to back up a little bit. Uh, army is my collect-all term. We need okay, a military. Wrong. It's not my fault that you misspoke. Right. Uh, okay. We need a military. You're right. Mostly an air force. And maybe a navy. And um, I would say, so first off, uh, the Army Reserves should never exist. Those need to be decommissioned and no sent back to the states. Reserves should ever exist. What? No branch of the reserves. No Army Reserves, no Marine Corps Reserves. Right, no, right. No yeah. yeah that, <laughs> it's kicking in. Um, the reserve units, the National Guard units should not exist. States or sovereign states within the federal union should have those theoretically sure. and and 
that should be our ground forces, I would argue. I, I would say that it, we need to take back all the tanks from our local police departments. <laughs> That'd be a great fucking start. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't we can't why. we can't go down the law enforcement thing. I haven't been like okay, for whatever reason my my feed. Why, can we talk about why FEMA employees have access to AK-47s and tanks? And look, here's the thing: I don't mind that they have access to AK-47s and tanks. I want that access. Right. I think everybody I should have access to that. Like, if you want a mini McNook, I'm a proponent of that. You want to 3D print all of your weapons? I'm a proponent of that too. Um, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I can so go on with the nuke I thing. Like, that might be where my minarchist line is, is the McNukes. Okay, so look. It, I, I get, when it comes to national defense, I borrow from Penn Jillette, right? Um, Penn Jillette, I once heard him say, when we're talking about what should government do, when we're trying to decide what that line is between how much government we need and how much government we don't, right? What government should, should handle and what government shouldn't. He uses the gun test. So if me and you are sitting in a bar and we're drinking and some nasty, rotten individuals come in and they're armed and they say, give us your money or we're gonna kill them, kill you. And I have a sidearm. Is it acceptable for me to use that weapon to defend us? I would say yes. So because I would say it's acceptable for me to use that weapon to defend us, I do believe that it's acceptable for the government to use a military to use force in defense, right? Here's what it comes down to. Individuals have rights, period. Human beings have rights. Individuals have rights. Governments do not have rights. As individuals, we can choose to lend our rights to a government, right? What that means is we can say, yes, government, you have the right to act in our defense, just as we have the right to act in our defense. What we cannot do is lend rights to the government that we ourselves do not possess. Like, it's not okay for me to say, hey, Zach, I heard you just got a raise. Here's my gun. Give me half of your raise. Even if I'm going to take that money and give it to the homeless guy down the street. I what if still I'm just going to give you the tip? And government doesn't get to do that either. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? So, uh, yeah, I can make an argument for national defense. I, I think absolutely we need some kind of court system. Sure. I can see a, a government that maybe regulates interstate trade so that we don't have um, the militia of Georgia robbing every shipment that comes into its state from Michigan or something. Sure. I can see that. But beyond that, beyond that, I really struggle to find cases where government should ever exist in any form or fashion. But I am autistic, so, you know, maybe it's that. Sorry, this hit. It's a tough day. Um, so what was the other thing? So we're going to shift completely because I'm too drunk for serious conversations now. Uh, we are starting a new group. You want to tell them about our new group? Oh, our new group. So, so many of you, when, when we're doing our podcast and we start talking about things of a more personal nature and, and laughing at all of our own um, nonsense, 
Uh, yeah, a, a lot of that involves um, uh, BDSM and fetish communities and discussions of such. So we are starting a new group. Um, did, did, did you come up with a, a name for the group that you really liked, Friendly? Uh, yes, it is Drunk and Kinky Friends. Drunk and Kinky Friends. So um, reach out. Understand, please, that we're going to be really, really, really selective about who we add to this group. Basically, if one of us wouldn't let you crash on our couch for a week or two, don't anticipate getting into the group. Um, we're going to have to get to know you. And a really easy way for us to do that is, you know, we're out, we're at events, we're around. Come find us, uh, send us an email, find us on, on Facebook, start sending us DMs, let us build a rapport with you. Um, know that if you make it into the group, you will not be able to just add all of your friends because um, we don't know them. And honestly, recently, some stuff has kind of gone down in the movement that, that makes us have to be ultra protective about this. And it's unfortunate. Um, but there are people within our movement, people who purport to be um, liberty activists, people who, who tell you that they believe in all of the same things that you believe in, that are more than happy to release private information and details that can wind up causing very good people to go to jail um, for activities like the ones we're going to talk about. So <clears throat> understand that that is partially why. Elfie's like me, pick me. Yeah. Do you think I didn't add you already? The... If he had not added you, oh, shit would be bad. You were in the first wave, woman. <laughs> Check your notifications. <laughs> yeah, know that it's there. Know that we are going to be extremely protective, not only of of our privacy and our safety, but of yours as well. And and that will be a group that sometimes we just go live into that group and talk about the crazy shit that just happened to us. So if you want to hear story time or share story time, maybe you're an exhibitionist like me. It's a group to hang out in. That will okay. not. That is not the the premium group though. That is still in the works. Yeah, the premium group is still coming, and that content will be. Kind of a mix of both, right? Of both groups. Mm -hmm. um, but our page is growing again. We're over 2,600 now. Thank you for everybody who helped us get out from under the most recent sh shadow ban on Facebook. Um, anticipate that there will be more to come. And, and it's cool, man. Zop doesn't like us and the feelings mutual. So we're good with that. Yeah. I suspect Zuckerberg has a micro penis. If anybody can send me photos to prove it for science, I'm down. Do do lizard people have micro penises? Well, they have vents. I, uh, I, <laughs> I mean, he's a he's a pedophile space vampire. What, what was it that fucking crazy guy was going on on Rogan about? Oh yeah, yeah. Look. I we can't Zuck say his name because we'll get banned. <laughs> I hate Zuck's nonsense as much as the next guy, but th that dude was just sleeps upside down with batshit crazy. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, Kyle. Had, uh, a future guest, Kyle Varner, hit 3,000 followers on Instagram. Go, Kyle. Go, Kyle. Look, and if you're not following Kyle on Instagram, go or follow us. Kyle on Instagram. Seriously. Crazy smart. This guy's super smart. We have him the 18th, I believe. 
We've got great guests coming up. Kyle Varner is coming up. Sarah Daggers is going to come on and visit with us about um, her activism. She's a sex worker rights activist. It's going to be a great show. Tomorrow we have Michael Heiss. Michael's coming on. Michael's a lot of fun. So that'll be a good one because we'll we'll get to talk about the the Mises Caucus and uh, Maj's campaign because I think he's involved with that too. I think so too, which will be really, really cool. Oh, Larry is going to go on here in a little bit, so we're probably going to need to skedaddle before that happens. Yeah, <laughs> for our viewers. good to try and, and try and go live against Larry Sharp, man. Yeah. Larry is everything that is hot. He just is. It, so when we do jump off here, man, do yourselves a favor. Go on over, jump over there, and check out Larry Sharp's podcast. Oh, he's going on at 9, so that's like an hour away. 9 his time, so about an hour. So yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, so a bit of a pet peeve. Every time I see any thread or whatever talking about presidential candidates and everything for the LP, his name gets brought up. Leave him alone. He is doing more important work right now. Here's the other thing. How do you, as a libertarian who purports to support the non-aggression principle, think it's okay to try to conscript someone into a presidential run without their fucking consent? Stop being a dick. So here's the thing. If Larry jumps into any political race, I will instantly support him and do my best to help him. I don't want him to run for a while. And it's not because I don't think he did a good job. He did an amazing job. Sure. What he's doing with his media thing is more important because, you know, and I just read Michael Malice's book and man, that was amazing. Uh, politics is downstream from culture. Larry is going after culture because he's smarter than everyone else. Well, look, this it doesn't take rocket science. Rocket surgery. It just takes a really short study of history, right? You've all seen films, videos. You've heard the music that came out of the anti-war movement in the 60s and in the 70s, out of the sexual revolution in the 60s and in the 70s. If you want to affect policy, you must, you must affect culture. And the way you do that is through arts and music and media. That That's how you affect culture, period. Yep. And, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard somebody scream about the liberal colleges. You know why colleges are liberal? Because the Democrats were smarter than us. Because they got their people in there as professors, right? As, as directors, as administrators in the colleges. And the curriculum has been shaped to fit their narrative. And they own, it's not just the colleges, it's all the way down to kindergarten. Yeah, and, all the way down to but then we like if if we're ever in a big libertarian discussion and someone talks about Scott Zimmerman being a teacher, you know, two thirds of the libertarians are going to be like, "Oh, fucking traitor!" Blah blah blah. No, that's not. Fuck you. <laughs> libertarians who go into teachers are not traitors; they're fucking heroes. Yep. And if you watch the, there's a documentary, horrible documentary. The, the, the everything you will see in it is fucking horrific. Watch it anyway. It's called Jesus Camp. And it, if these freaks can figure it out, it is astonishing to me that intelligent libertarians can't. I mean, for fuck's sake. It's because libertarians like to pretend that the rest of the world is playing by the same set of rules that we want them to play by already. And, and so, like, 
you get you get the ones that are like, well, I don't want to be part of the political process because politics is force. Look, the sword is in the arena. It's on the ground. If you don't pick it up, it's going to get used against you. There's no way around that. Seriously, like, I get that. I've said that for years. I fucking hate politics. Right. I don't want to get involved in politics. Here's what I realized. Regardless of my level of hatred for politics, politics love my ass. It was going to touch every fucking aspect of my life with or without my consent. And I could fight back or not. Period. Fight back. Grab the grab the sword that's in the middle of the arena and take a swing. And- I mean, unless, unless you're into getting your ass kicked. I mean, if you are, cool. I don't want to kink shame you. But most of us, like... The government doesn't respect safe words. Just remember that. Yeah, never. <laughs> you can't call red and have them stop. Try it the next time the IRS audits you. Red. It doesn't work. My safe word is keep going. <laughs> Talking about safe words, do you know why the Libertarian Party Pineapple Caucus is called the Pineapple Caucus? Because pineapple is a safe word. Pineapple is the most commonly used safe word. In the I always thought it was red. No. Or, I thought, well, I, I think red is like the universal, like everyone knows what it means. Usually for public play parties, but yeah. not in private interactions. And pineapple. Why, why pineapple? Oh, I, I, I mean, yeah, they tell you to pick something that you wouldn't normally say during the course of a sexual interaction, but. All right. Well. Communism. I yell my, communism. <laughs> my family is outside making a fire in the backyard, and I'm a little lit up now, so. We're going to call it here. Um, so, look, guys, it, it, Memorial Day is coming up. Everybody today. wants to feel like they're they're doing or saying the right thing on Memorial Day. It, the right way to honor fallen veterans is to stop creating more. Stop. And, and remember that many, many, many of those soldiers lost their lives after they got back. Sometimes many years after they got back. But it was that original underlying trauma that still caused it. Um, if you want to stop seeing soldiers die, stop sending them to die. It's it's really simple. Mm-hmm. So we will be back tomorrow with our regular, regularly scheduled podcast. Um, hopefully we'll both be in a much better mood then. Uh, yeah, Michael, Michael doesn't deserve us to be downers. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we'll see you all uh, tomorrow. If you haven't yet, go watch AEW because it was fucking amazing. And we'll see you all tomorrow. <laughs>